What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Forever Dog This wasn't in theaters, was it? Yes It was? It was in theaters, yeah Cat saw it in theaters Well, she saw a screening in a, in a theater so that Yeah, that doesn't count but doesn't that mean? <laughs> oh no! Wait, no. You can. There are show times. I could. There are show times for it right now. Yeah. It's it's made three hundred sixty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, right? No, is that weird? Should it have made more? No, no. That's no. That's no. I mean, not. It's, it's just probably barely in theaters. So right. It's probably in like four theaters. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Like literally, sometimes these kinds of movies are in four theaters, yeah. four movie theaters in the country. Yeah, two in New York and two, and two in, in LA. LA. And there it is, <laughs> and that's it. When did they make this? Did they make this during COVID? Hmm. It must have, right? Filming started filming in February of 2020. Then yeah, then oh no, and they and they finished. Oh no, it halted. Okay. I was like, yeah, I halted. They just kept going. (laughs) (laughs) They came out and they were like, oh, my God, the world's on fire. Uh, I'm assuming everything we just said is in the podcast. Yeah, it might as well be. Why not? That's all that counts. All that is stuff they want to hear us talking about. We have never done a Shakespeare film on this podcast. Well, this is the first one. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about stuff. Right? Because we never did... Denzel was in another Shakespeare film. He was in, oh God, what was well, it? Well, Much Ado is the one that comes to mind, but was he in another one? Much Ado. Okay, yeah, well, he's not the star. Nope. That's, he's not the star of that one, so. He's not the star of that one, but he was in it. He and Keanu Reeves both have sizable roles, but they're not, neither of them are the, the leads. It's Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, and Kenneth Branagh directed it, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, because he was, it was, it, you know, he was the the next Laurence Olivier, you know. That was what he was billed as. He just, he was like, I get to do all the Shakespeare films. I get to do Henry <laughs> V, I get to do Hamlet, I get to do Much Ado. 
whatever Shakespeare film I want to do, I get to do. They were like, yes, you do. <laughs> I know you have a lot of experience with Shakespeare. I, yeah. I had a full year at NYU where I studied Shakespeare. Yeah. Half of that was in London at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Okay, London. Uh, <laughs> Can we just talk about that for the next? <laughs> Let's talk about oh, you said, in London for the next. I mean, we were in London doing this podcast. We were. Oh, what a time that was. That was right before <laughs> the tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not even going to accept it. I'm no, not, you remember? Like it was. I don't like. No, this. it was. It was literally. It was December. Or no, it was like twenty late twenty nineteen. I think honestly, it probably was that you know COVID just started spreading. It was like we had such a good time. Little did we know what was coming. You know what I mean? We had no idea the magnitude of the tragedy of Macbeth. Bray, Bray. <laughs> I don't. I don't like this. I don't want to participate in this. I'm mad. What are you talking about? I'm mad at you saying. Why are you mad? I'm upset. <laughs> that, hey man, calm that down. you calling this the tragedy of Mac- I, I'm, I'm upset because it's not. It's this shit was real, and we all went through it, and it's and yeah, James, and you're acting, you're acting like I write sins, not the tragedy of Mac- <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's not even how that goes. That's ah, fine, whatever. <laughs> it's not. It's not even how it uh. panic at the disc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drum Milligan. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Nice. That's that. I thought of that one. I was either going to do that one or me thought I heard a voice cry, sleep no more. Macbeth doth murder sleep. That's my other one. Those are my two. All right. I was wondering which one you were going to pull. Well, it's those. <laughs> I got to, I mean, right off the top, I got to say the the person who played the three witches, I mean, my goodness. I mean, fantastic. Fan-diddly-tastic. At first, I was like, I need three witches. Yeah, I, 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 I felt the <laughs> same way. I was like, what is this? Uh, Catherine Hunter, that's her name. And they were like, F you for thinking that, because yeah. we got some shit up our sleeve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that scene in particular, the something wicked this way comes, was beep beep. That would double toy in trouble. All right. I don't know if you've noticed, but Draw Milligan is not, sadly, not with us today. He's not. The snow got him. The snow got Jarrah. You know, yeah. He got caught up in the uh, New York blizzard while James and I were chilling in the sun in Los Angeles. Yeah, chilling in the sun. I was in the sun all day. I stayed in the sun. I just went outside. I basked in it. Yeah, and you weirdly took pictures and kept sending it to Gerard. I did. I did. Saying yep. LOL. He's not speaking to me anymore, but yeah. it was a good time. <laughs> but we are a film review podcast, okay? We review the films of leading black actors. We talk about them in the context right. of race and diversity in Hollywood. 
Race and Diversity, Hollywood City. Today we are reviewing The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah, that shit's sad. Directed by Joel Cohen. Not the Cohen <laughs> brothers, just Joel. Okay. Just Joel. Stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand. Also Corey Hawk. Corey uh, no, it's Yeah, Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins, yeah. He's I mean, a pretty big role. Macduff, Macduff. Yeah, he's Macduff. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, for those of you who are listening right now and they and you want to distinguish whose voice is who, this voice that you are listening to that does sound like it is Shakespearean trained, Rada trained, <laughs> NYU BFA. That is you the voice say all your credits. of Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> no, just my schooling. All right. Just, just listed all of your training? That's the voice of Jonathan Braylock. Yeah. This this voice that sounds like, you know, he might have had to read a, a Shakespeare play once or twice <laughs> in school. That voice is James Third. Oh, it's a happy voice. Listen, we know that a lot of you are not listening to this episode. And (laughs) because Shakespeare on film is tough. It's rough. It's rough. I mean, it's already rough live. Like you're already, I feel like general, I feel like the general populace is already like, I ain't trying to go see that play. Right. Yeah. And then they're like, it's a movie now. And you're like, "Ah, now I got to watch something that doesn't belong in this medium. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, some people believe, not everybody believes it doesn't belong in the, in the medium. Yeah. But some people might feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Apple knew this. This is an Apple television film. They, they didn't really put it out in theaters. It's, it's, you know, you heard how much it made. 300 something thousand dollars. The Rotten Tomatoes score is 93%. Okay. 79% audience okay. score. Tracks. All right. Okay. No, this, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. It is currently uh, nominated for a a SAG Award for Denzel Washington, as well as a Critics' Choice Movie Award for Denzel. Dang, Francis, they getting no love? (laughs) No. Wait, let me see. That's why you do do Macbeth to to give who plays Lady Macbeth some flowers. And they just ignoring her fully for this? The New York Film Critics Circle nominated... Catherine Hunter as Best Supporting Actress. She is the wow. I'm place the going home. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, she's she's sincerely fantastic. Yeah. Okay, but nothing for Francis. Nothing for SAG. Uh, no, no, no. Nothing for Francis. Uh, Francis won enough awards, honestly. Just, just enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's enough. We can stop. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, come on, we can stop. This film is in black and white. It has a very kind of Spartan art design. It's very what 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 how else can I describe it? Minimalistic? Yeah, minimalist. Yeah. I don't know how much they edited the script. I think maybe they took text. The, they took out a little bit. I mean, this runs an hour forty-five. So I feel like they must have cut stuff. There's nothing that stands out to me, but then again, like I, I've only seen Macbeth a couple times and I've only read it you know, the one time in school or whatever. So, oh, and then I, d- I did it once. It was a reading though. So anyway, it did, nothing stood out to me like, oh, they they fully cut that or whatever. No, yeah, nothing blatant. I think I'm just kind of going off the running time of it because there's also a couple of moments where they're like, you know, they're adding a little bit and I feel like this is two hours. Yeah. Shall we do initial thoughts? I mean, there's nothing else to say. I guess we got to. I think the acting is fantastic. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> and here, here's my thing about Shakespearean films. At the end of the, at the end of the day, it's just about the acting for me. The directing is whatever. I, I think there were some really nice choices that Joel made. There were some very there. There are not that many fight scenes uh, in Macbeth, but the the couple that there were like worked. But you know, Denzel incredible, Catherine incredible, Francis incredible. Honestly, mo- most people were just truly really good. <laughs> who else was a standout? This guy, who? Oh, this guy Alex Hassel. He played Ross. Ross, yeah, he was good. I really liked him. Yeah, there was, yeah, something about him. I felt like this, if if you can watch Shakespeare, I feel like you would enjoy this film. That's how I felt. You know, Shakespeare's a tough watch. And Macbeth is an interesting play because there's never really a point in which Macbeth feels like a likable character. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first, maybe the first 10 minutes of uh, the time we spend with him, that stuff's cool. But then after that, we're like, I don't like you. I don't dislike him <laughs> in the first 10 minutes, but I'm not there. I don't see anything where I'm like, this guy's dope. You know what I mean? And then I'm just like, whoa, this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> but you do see the downfall and it is very fun to watch. And that was my initial thoughts. Go ahead. I agree that i think the acting is really great i I, something i don't love in terms of a general stylistic choice that everyone was directed to do which is like everything is very contained which again it's film so that's why i had that offhanded comment of like this doesn't belong in this medium because it because there's and then also like you have like performances in your head or like times you've done a monologue or times you've seen other people do a thing, you know, if you, you know, have been around a lot of Shakespeare, there are like so many parts in this that I just immediately recall someone on stage, like screaming about something, you know, that in this, it was like very contained and very, you know, but again, that's not a, that's, that's not a problem of the, of the acting. I think everybody actually acted their parts very well. But it's a it's a choice that this that this movie made that like it works really well sometimes and then and then and in some of those heightened moments make them more more powerful I think but then at other times it was frustrating but I remember being like I think I'm gonna hate that it's in black and white but then I loved the sort of trans the way transitions happened <laughs> like the way you would kind of be on something and then suddenly we were somewhere else through a fade or whatever kind of seamlessly. I liked that. The passage of time, though, was it was tough to sort of hold on to that. It was tough to kind of know where we were. There were because by by the end of it, there was so much bleeding of of things to to where you'd be like, oh, it's the next day. I I don't know that I realize it's the next day. Kind yeah. Of I mean clearly intentional, but also yeah, yeah. hard to track. Yeah. And and like I thought I was gonna hate it, but then by the end it was just like, oh, I kind of wish I had a better sense of of where we were in the in the timeline. I don't know. For as weird as the set is, it looks really cool. The lighting's great. Everything that happened with the witches was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm excited to like, I'm excited to like go into it, you know, in, in more in more detail. With something that bothered Cat, bef- she saw it before me. And something that bothered Kat was the choice that they make with Ross, which 
it's just it's just a little odd. <laughs> it's very odd. I, it's it's actually the most. Yeah, I feel like it's the most meddling that Cohen does in the film, and I don't. I mean, definitely down to talk through it. I don't think I quite understood why. I feel like you probably did the same thing I did, which was like it, like they make there's a one tiny little thing that they're like maybe it's this. To, to me that I saw the tiniest little thing. And it was like, I guess it's that. I don't know why it's that, but I, <laughs> I guess it's, <laughs> but we can talk about that when we get to it. What's up folks. This podcast is sponsored by earning life doesn't happen bi-weekly. So why should payday? The money you earn could be in your hands today with earning. Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to a hundred dollars per day up to $750 per pay period. Just download the earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Think about it. Say you're going out for a special date or it's getting hot, y'all. You might need a fresh outfit for brunch or something nice. Or maybe you just want to feel good and take yourself to dinner. Earning can help you today. Make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Download Earning today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign in. It'll help the show out. Jump Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period. See Earning.com slash DOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So you open Google Chrome on your phone, you're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with when you're supposed to be working. But this site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl though, sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Priceline presents, go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
So this film isn't black and white. It starts off with the, obviously the three witches, but the the sisters are played by the same actress. And at first, yeah. she's actually just talking to herself, <laughs> kind of almost, I guess, Gollum style, right? Like, yes. And for as much as I didn't like, I was like, I, they need to be their sisters three. Like we call them sisters three. They're the weird sisters, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I, I don't, as much as I love this performance, I don't like that they've made this choice. But then the sort of way that she would switch her focus and the way that then the camera would then kind of like be somewhat erratic and how like the camera wasn't even trying to be like, this is number one, this is number two, this is number three. They were just like, we're looking at this woman, be weird, you know? <laughs> like, and she was like contorting her body, like she's contorting her arms. She's very much looking like a she looking like a crow it's so funny like there are certain there are certain things that are <laughs> actor school exercises that people do and so, and sometimes when you see that in movies or on in theater you're kind of just like all right you know but okay i will say <laughs> it, she was so good at moving her body like a crow that i was like i actually really like this like the way that she was just moving her hand like i was just like what the like what in the world it was off-putting but in a fun way she also wasn't doing the like you know very sort of deliberate like right. you know bird fluttering things it was like very much like a a head move or like a you know the way her neck would gyrate and you're like oh you know you you we caught glimpses of it instead of it instead of it being like you know it's like we're watching a woman pretend to be a crow kind of i mean i'm assuming it's all on a sound stage or something yeah i think so too yeah there's a lot of fog there's a lot of smoke smoke machine usage and because it's black and white you just can't get a sense of anything so it's almost like they're in an abyss you know (laughs) yeah the opening it's like it's like the we we find out that a battle has happened and it has or it's it, it's either a battle or that someone has someone has betr- betrayed them and they're like great you know i think it's both we're going to make it's both <laughs> battle has happened and someone has betrayed them and like and Mac, and macbeth's going to be going to be promoted yes and in in a span of like there's like three scenes but each of these scenes are sort of like people appearing in fog <laughs> it's like it's like people appearing in fog and and suddenly we're in it in the new scene and so like right after we meet the weird sisters for the first time macbeth and bank will show up in a fog and they just sort of like appear there they're just walking yeah no horses no horses yeah what are, <laughs> because they're not they weren't even in the they weren't even in the battle, right? Like they're no, like the, I thought they were. I mean, they talked about them. They're coming like, from a, the battle. Yeah, that like they were coming from the battle. That they were victorious in battle, Banquo and Macbeth, right. and then right. Oh, right. But that's why he's so like. But he's so like. But I'm not the Thane because the Thane is still alive. I literally just right. They <laughs> don't know about the betrayal. Right. They were just in the battle against. Was it England or was it no? Not England. Who I don't. I have. I haven't the slightest <laughs> the the actual politics going on I I don't know that I have ever even tried to track <laughs> for for as many times as I as I've seen it I haven't even remotely tried to figure out like who is it that they're fighting at the beginning and how is it that he gets promoted in the way that he gets promoted even though it is laid out you know yeah <laughs> well I mean I think it's like it's based upon the feudal system 
they were having, they had thanes instead of lords. And so the thanes, they like own sections of lands, you know, and then there's a king that presides over the kingdom, but the king is very dependent on the, on the thanes, you know what I mean? To supply the money for the war and stuff like that. There was like that small thing about the fact that like, he's not going to get paid. Like, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, service to you is thanks enough and blah, 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 blah. But the thing that they did give him is another piece of land, I think. Because like, so now you're the Thane of Condor as well, which we took away from this guy because he was a traitor. And uh, okay, before he talks to the king, he's talking to the Weird Sisters. And the Weird Sisters are like, you are going to be Thane of Condor and you're going to be the king. And Banquo's children are going to be kings. And they're like, all right. What? what I like about the because you were just talking about how it's like, yeah, there's no point that Mac, that Macbeth is ever a likable character. And it's because the second we meet him, <laughs> he's told this, this, he's told what his future is, <laughs> right? Like we meet the, the instance we meet him. We, the only thing we know about him is that he's about to be promoted because we've heard them say that he's going to be, they're going to be, they're going to elevate him. Then the weird sisters just say that same thing to him and also that he's going to be king. So we don't have, we never have a moment of like getting to really just like know him and like see him. You know, we don't see him with Lady M before he, before he, you know, before he's on this mission to, to, to be king, (laughs) you know, we never get to know him. Yeah. We just, we really don't. And then, this is why actors love, I always feel like, you know, Shakespeare is an actor's medium because actors get to put their stamp on an age old character. The story is the story. You know what I mean? It's like people kind of know it. It's not necessarily the most interesting thing. It's like to see the actor make the choices within this story that we all know. And so to see the choices that Denzel makes as Macbeth, as this like person who clearly never had this sense of ambition but then because somebody tells him like you're going to be king all of a sudden it ignites something in him that he's like well i've never thought i could be that but i do want to be that and now i can't let go of the idea that i could be that so i have i need to try to be it (laughs) yeah so much so that you know he gets this thing and they're kind of both him and banco are just like whatever but then they get there and the guy's like you are the thing of cawdor and he's like looking at Banco and Banco's like, yo, what's up? And he's like, oh, snap. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, all right, this is nice. Oh, no, I'm not thinking much of it. But then Malcolm comes in and the king's like, all right. And Malcolm is going to be my uh, <laughs> my heir apparent, which obviously he's his son. And Macbeth's like, oh, cool. Hold on a second. I just got to just gotta check the phone real quick. And he <laughs> gets out of the tent Instantly and he's upset. <laughs> immediately upset not to mention he has already at this point he's already sent a letter for no reason he didn't need to do this no <laughs> but he, he sends a letter to lady M being like hey check this out the weird sister said <laughs> like the weird sister said this i don't even know why i'm telling you i'm telling but i'm gonna tell you that i'm doing this thing so he's like so he has his lady at home expecting him to be named king or at the very least like you know to be in line to be king. But when he sees that Malcolm is, is king, it infuriates him. In a, in a way that's like, it's tough to track, I think, in this, what, what are the moments that Macbeth is most motivated versus what are the moments that he's, that he's most afraid? Because there's a, there's a couple that really stand out and then the others are kind of like a little mellow from him, you know? 
but right but right here it's really fun to see how ignited he is yeah i mean the way that denzel leaves that tent is a is incredible (laughs) (laughs) i am supposed to be you know scream he's screaming (laughs) he's like soft screaming too he's like talking to himself Mm -hmm. in a way that i buy (laughs) yeah absolutely so yeah we get that we get that letter we find out that the king is going to come stay at macbeth's castle macbeth rides ahead talks to his wife lady macbeth yes I got to say this, truly, this is the first time, and maybe it's the pacing of this movie, but this is the first time it has felt fully insane that Lady M is like, and you better kill him. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's the most insane that has ever felt to me. She just, the whole time she's like, and you're going to do this. And he's, and she's, she's saying whatever her lines are something like, you're looking at me as as though she like has a line. You're looking at me as though you know you're seeing something shocking, and it's like yes, yeah. this, everything you're saying is is insane. I mean, like, it, she <laughs> very quickly is like, all right, and then we'll obviously have to kill him tonight. And he's like, <laughs> what? 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 Why? And then, and the, her reason being, she's like, "Oh my lord, here we go. Th- this is what I knew. I knew my husband was going to be a little freaking pussy." No. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, but that's exactly it. She, and she's, she's like, <laughs> "You sent me that letter and told me all that stuff, and now you can't kill." Like, it's like, hold on, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> before he even comes, she says to herself, "Like, I'm afraid my husband's not going to have." you know, the will to do what it's going to take to become the king, even though, <laughs> and it's like, well, if he's going to become king, he's going to become king. Yeah, you can chill. You can let this, ha- let this ride out, you know? <laughs> let this, let's see what happens. Yeah, power, power hungry. Not to nit, I cannot nitpick, nitpick because it's like, why nitpick? But there's a, there's a few moments where, text is being spoken that if you were acting this on stage you would be making a you would be making a choice to like to interact with either like interact with the space or you would make a choice to like convey that line very clearly you know like as if it's an action of some kind and there's a few times where this doesn't happen but there are three that stand out to me one of them is when the weird sisters first disappear they go they have disappeared but they're right that we still see them <laughs> we still they're still physically there. even when they first and they first they're like who are those who are who are those women yeah who are those <laughs> who are those pe- women and they look and it's just one of them and i'm one like huh? <laughs> but then later on they she she becomes three right but yes but when they but when but they're like they are gone they are as they are as air granted they have faded into the back but it was a little mm-hmm. some of the lines are a little too directly saying that they're not there at all and they're right. and they're there but then this sequence, right after Lady Macbeth is like, you better do it. All right, bye. When he starts the the dagger scene, which which to me personally is, is some of Denzel's best work in this movie is when he's mm-hmm. doing this, this dagger monologue. Yep. But he keeps talking about touching it and having it not be in his hands. But he's still all the way down the hallway and hasn't gotten to and hasn't gotten to the, the handle yet. Which, which again, I, I thought was a great choice, and I thought that his delivery of the speech was great. But it right. was so frustrating that he kept saying things like, "I feel you," but are you not 
corporal? Do I, you know, do, I'm not touching you. And, you know, and yeah. now I see, granted, he's talking about what he sees in his head. So we don't have to see any of it. Yeah. You know, this is in his head. But he's like, now I see blood on on the and blah, 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 and whatever else it is that he's saying. And it's just like, you could have, we could have done some stuff where we kind of see this. For as, for as cool as this movie has been up until this point, like, he can be closer to that knob and he and it can still look like a dagger and he can deliver this speech in this hallway and still be kind of maybe touching the handle or, you know, or like, and then now the handle has blood on it or what, you know, any kind of right choice about that to kind of make those lines make sense. Yeah, it's weird because later, I mean, not to jump ahead, but later on when he, he actually does see the ghost of Banco, the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that was so cool. It was like, we see him see that and then we see the fact that nothing's there through the perspective of Lady Macbeth, you know, but then the crow is there. Like, it's like the crow is there and the crow keeps representing this witch and the witches keep, you know, being like, I liked all of that. I liked that the crow kept showing up and they were all like looking at it and like being, you know, yeah. like even like King uh, Duncan was like at one point, like looking up and there are like crows circling him. It's like, Oh, this dude's about to die. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what an omen. <laughs> I know what you mean. And Macbeth is, I mean, Macbeth is just like kind of s- stalking around. Yeah. I mean, again, this is just, this, just this particular part. I was, I was not as engaged with for those reasons. And a lot of it is like, it's like me being like, why isn't he touching the dagger? Cause he's, he's saying words that would imply that he's touching it. It's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter that he's not touching it. They're still presenting this in a way that is, that is interesting, but it, but it took me out. This took me out in the next like couple scenes, like lady M being like, you better fucking go in there and fucking kill him. What are you doing? You know, like all of that, that, that scene being so small and so, you know, contained and, and, and like almost whispered was like, I just wanted them screaming at each other, you know? And oh, see, I kind of bought that because it was like of what they're talking about. And there are other people in this house. Yeah. There it's conspiracy. Screw your courage to this thinking place and it will not fail. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that it's, it's me, it's me having other versions of it in my head and being like, why isn't it this other thing, which, which again, right. is like, <laughs> it's like, okay, but does that, is there merit to that? I don't know. Like how, or, or even how much merit is there to that, you know? <laughs> but yeah, but, but just this part, once he, once he, once he goes and, and actually kills him and kills him, that's whole sequence is like, brutal. it's really tough. And the, like the knocking the the blood splatter bleeding into the knocking was really cool like although yes. the ticking rather it's it's like a there's like a ticking sound yeah that then bleeds into knocking that was very cool i thought all of that was was great and like it's really like sad to see the king wait first of all gleason what's his name brendan gleason's performance as the king is so he's so small and and almost muted yeah. in a way and you and you just kind of feel the like this weathered soul you know and when he wakes up and sees his friend, <laughs> he just, it's so, it's, 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 it's a very tough scene to watch when he, when he kills him. It's very, it's very tough to watch. Yeah. So sad. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked off the vine, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. 
That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home for our tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. Because we know how much you love fresh produce, we give you more time to enjoy your tasty fruits and veggies at home. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. Denzel's face right before he kills his kin yeah. <laughs> is so <laughs> like it is literally like a person who has slowly watched their humanity leave them Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's almost as if he's thinking about oh I almost remember that time I had a soul yeah. you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> just like just like trying to like conjure up the feeling of being a human What it being. was like to live for other things. <laughs> and then just murders this dude. I love, I, I did love the scene when he comes back and then he takes the daggers out and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> why, <Bro. laughs> why did you bring these daggers here? What are you doing? Yeah, and hi, and him sort of still kind of being in that he's gone. He's 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 literally at that point he's yeah, gone. Yeah. And she's not yet. The thing that I've always has always been hard for me about Macbeth is tracking Lady Macbeth's 1000%. It made me think of um Right? Cuz I she doesn't have enough scenes. She doesn't have enough scenes. She doesn't she, not only does she not have enough scenes, but but I immediately started think watching it this time. I immediately started thinking of Ophelia and Hamlet and how they're just sort of like, we're going to have a scene now where she's crazy. And then she, you know, like, and then she kills herself. Like it's right. literally the same thing. <laughs> like, And, and it made me go, is that then on, you know, in this case, Francis McDormand or anyone playing the role to start wigging out, even if your lines aren't, you know, <laughs> But, but, but in this, I mean, you do want to see something, but in this, but in this movie, you know, spoiler alert for the, for the end in this movie, there's sort of like maybe, you know, but it is, no, it is for this one, for this, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. In this one, they're like, she's putting this on and maybe Ross kills her, right? Like in this take, she like just says she, you know, she does her whole crazy bit, but then out, out. Damn out, spot. out, damn spot. What her last lines are like? Away, away, away. Or she says something three times. I can't remember what it is. To bed. To bed. Thank you. And her last to bed, she she delivers directly to the people that she Stares knows to be listening. At the position <laughs> and the maid. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, like is she is she actually well? But she's like putting. Is she putting this on? Is this you know? So what would she be putting it on for is the question. Literally is it no that idea. she's literally scared of Macbeth now? Is she scared of Macbeth? Right. And should and should she even be? Because he yes he is starting to go a little crazy and that 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 is becoming a, is becoming evident, but in the way that he talks about 
her. Sorry that I caused us skipping to this part, but it's all right. His delivery to the to the doctor of being like, can't you just, uh, you know, whip up something and make <laughs> like this is the most insane that has seen. This is another example of them like doing a great job of of showing like Macbeth is not in his right mind. <laughs> Like that, I love it. I love it. It was really nice, you know, and like cutting to yeah. Satan and he's just looking at Satan and he's looking at Macbeth like, bro, we can't do that. You know, it like really. Like, yeah, that's the person has to go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like you can't like conjure up some elixir <laughs> to cure some past trauma. That's essentially what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, can't, can't you just create a drug to just block out a bad memory? Which he's like, I mean, we can do now, nigga. It's fifteen thirty-two. <laughs> we don't have this shit what? yet. <laughs> what are you? I don't even know if they'll have that in twenty twenty-two. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, like he's so. But basically, you know, but the way he delivers that. It really feels like he loves her. So I don't know why she would be scared of him. Even though, even though like the seeds that they have sort of dropped. Oh, well, you know, they are kind of dropping in these seeds of like Lady M. I mean, they linger on her a lot after he makes his decisions of like, you know, we're going to kill Banquo and then him going crazy at the dinner and 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 then a, and then a couple things. Right. He she doesn't want him to do any of that stuff. She doesn't want him to do that and maybe she's putting it on because she's like, you know, I'll come out of this okay if they, you know, think I'm crazy or whatever, you know, like maybe I'll right. I don't know. Maybe they won't institutionalize me or whatever it is that they would do at this time. You know, they'll just let me live out my days alone, you know. So it could be that she's putting it on for that. And then Ross kills her. Well, okay, and before we get to that, because I mean that, <laughs> that that's was a whole can of worms. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna backtrack a little bit. Yes, of course. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. So he kills the king, Macduff, and it's, I forgot who the other person is. Comes and and they and they they find it out, and then you know Macbeth puts on his performance and immediately kills these two, his the king's two guards who are drunk on the floor with blood smeared on them and the daggers in their hands. Yeah, and then everybody's like, "Why did you?" kill those guards and he was like you know it's like it's hard to have the reason you know and the loyalty you know it's yeah (laughs) does this nice little speech you know i was filled with love and i had to show how much i was filled with love by yeah fully murdering the only people who could tell you that they didn't (laughs) and so everyone's everyone's definitely freaked out about that they're like okay and immediately, Duncan's sons are like, we got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Somebody's going to try to kill us next. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very smart that they ran away. But that does put suspicion on them. Right. People have the saying, of, well, if you have nothing to hide. Why run? Why are you running? Yeah. I loved, also loved in this sequence how Lady M, there's a really cool thing that they do where we see Lady M like run in and like twirl around. Oh no, is he dead? Like, like it's very, yes. the way that she like puts that on is, is I thought very well performed and shot. She also stares at Macbeth and is like, you, why did you kill them? That was not part of, part of the plan. <laughs> Basically, she, 
after he does the killing, she's just like, this dude is not, can't do anything. <laughs> he's right. not, yeah, he's not, he can't do this. I don't know why. I don't know why did I marry this? Why the oh, whole, why did I start down this path? The look on her face is, is Kat said this as we were watching. She's like, if you mess this up for me, like if this nigga don't, <laughs> if you mess this up for me, it's like, you better <laughs> answer this right. I didn't tell you to kill them. <laughs> he had to kill them. They literally saw him do they it. They saw it. Yeah, he had to. There was no way there was, he must. Yeah. And then this is the, the passes of time that you're talking about because we kind of, it's like, we're like, woo, you know. Next thing we know, it's the next day or two days later or whatever the fuck. It's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, and who, I forgot who's, somebody's talking. It's like, we're like seeing people like on the road. And I think it's like Ross and McDuff and like, Ross is like, yeah, so. McDuff's like, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, what's going on? Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, the sun's flooded to England, put suspicions on him. And then he goes, hmm, okay, so that means Macbeth is probably going to be crowned king. He's like, oh, yeah, it already happened. Uh, you're invited to come. Are you coming? He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Ross is like, all right, I, I'm going. <laughs> yes. And, thi- and this is to me, because casting the the same person as the witches as this old man to me is the moment of kind of threading something weird going on with Ross. Right. Because the old man, if you make that the witch, then the witch is, is messing with Ross, right? Yeah. That's literally (laughs) in a, in in a similar way that she did with Macbeth. And that didn't work out with Banquo. Cause I guess, I don't know if she tried to mess with Banquo. Because is it really messing with him to say like you're you you're you're gonna Your give birth to be... kings? Like it, yeah. That was more messing with <laughs> that more messed with Macbeth than anything else. I wonder if it's this line because I'm looking at three score and ten I can remember well within the volume of which time I have seen hours dreadful and things strange. God's benison go with you and with those that would make good of bad and friends of foes. Like, is that line? Oh no. Is this even that same scene? But is that line telling Ross, you know, to go and do my bidding? I don't know, but there was something about this that it made it seem like, okay, all right. So the weird sisters are just, they're in Ross's ear. And now Ross is somehow making it so that, everything that they said is going to come true. You know? Right. I, I don't get why he kills... Well, well, why he maybe kills Lady M, but everything else makes sense. The one thing that they do that is weird, that's really weird, mm-hmm. is is having him be there when the they... The third murderer. Their third murderer. He becomes the reason that that uh, Plants gets away, right? And is, and is you know, kind of. I, I guess, yes. I guess in the, in the sense that he makes sure that he's okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, he got away. Yeah. The other people weren't pursuing him, but he went and found him. Yeah. And then was like, I'm going to keep you safe. I'll give you to this old man. Yeah. Well, we don't find that out to the very end, obviously. But right. then I'm going to keep... But it's weird because he's like, seems to be playing both sides, right? He, yeah. He could save McDuff's family and he decides not to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Afterwards, Kat and I were talking about that and we feel like the choice to do this comes from this may not be true. Could have come from any number of things. But it feels like the choice to do this comes from the one moment in the scene 
when he's when he's relaying to I don't even know if this is the original text, but I think I remember him being in this scene. The 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 one moment when he's relaying to Macduff that Lady Macduff and his and his family has been killed. And there's a moment in that scene when he first lies. How's my lady? She's she's well. But she's not. Right, she's right. we know she's dead, right? And it's like right. on and, and he knows she's dead. And he knows she's dead. So why tell that lie? And th- this all builds off of that, right? Like this all builds off of, okay, well, if he lied here, then what could he be? Why could he be lying? And maybe it's because he's in on it. And why would he be on a, in on it? Well, maybe because, I don't know, he's an agent of the witches, and blah, blah, you know. And it feels like, it feels like you, can, you can build off of that one moment, this whole other choice that you make with the character. To me, it's like, it's sort of robbing, it's sort of robbing the other side of the, the Ross character, which is like, you know, like lying for the sake of like, I don't know how to tell you your family's dead. Like, I don't know how yeah, to, exactly, I yeah. don't know how else to tell you that your entire family has been killed, you know? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But, but that's where it feels like that, that, that was our theory as to how you come to make the choice that Ross is there. Okay. So your, so your theory is that he's just, he heard what the witches were saying and he was like, I'm going to enact all of this. <laughs> Do the witches say that Lady Macbeth is going to die? No, they don't. To him? They don't. Yeah. They so, don't. And that's why so and that's why that, that is so weird. That's why that is so weird. But it feels but from him but between making the old man and the witch the same actor and him and Fleance disappearing in a murder of crows at the end of the movie. <laughs> between those two things that's why, to me, it feels like he's an agent of the of the of the witches. To me, I know. I guess I just I just don't. I guess I just don't understand the why the you would do that. At all, but <laughs> exactly, it feels crazy. It's like it, well, and 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 to be fair, you know, we should say that the film doesn't exactly say that he killed her. It's just like right. a weird shot where she's at the top of a stairwell. It, she does kind of look kind of crazy, mm-hmm. and she's like looking down. And he sees her up there and it kind of lingers on him looking at her and that's it. And then the next we see he's, she's dead. She has a very lucid moment at the end of her, in her crazy tirade, you know, like she's, she, she has the tirade and then she has a very lucid moment that kind of makes it seem like she's putting this on like that, that it's not that it's a, a thing that she, that is happening to her. And also, like like you said, you've always watched this and gone, why does she go crazy here, right? Like, right. It's, it's tough to even track how it happens. And in this movie, it comes out of nowhere. Like, there, there is no evidence <laughs> to make us think that she's going to go crazy. Yeah, it's like, literally, like, the scene before, <laughs> she's, he's clearly crazy, and she's like, what am I going to do with this guy? Exactly. And then all of a sudden... She's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, it makes me think, like, oh, she not crazy. She putting that on for whatever reason. And then Ross is like, I'm about to kill you. <laughs> I don't know why, but he does it. But the way that this actor moves about, it feels like he doesn't have loyalties to anyone. Like, I almost felt like he was a, what's that person in the Game of Thrones? Littlefinger. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Oh, but wow. Okay. So disappointing. Sorry, There's I know. a character named Littlefinger in the, in it who is, like always putting his things out to everyone basically you know and basically yeah. kind of like staying here till he can make his jump you know what i mean it's like i'll i'll think i'll make everyone think i'm loyal to them and i'm loyal to none of them 
And that's the vibe that I got from Ross. Ross is loyal to, is either loyal to no one or the story, right? Like he's like, <laughs> like Ross is somehow loyal to this, but right. Like, cause the weird sisters come up and they're like, this is the story. The story is this. And then he's like, yeah, I'm loyal to <laughs> the story. And so then lady M starts telling this story <laughs> of like, I'm fucking crazy. And he's like, yeah, you sure are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. That's a, you know, I know that just feels a little meta, but yes, (laughs) I know, but it is right. Like he is like a, he's an agent of the story. And then he turns into a murder of crows at the end. (laughs) It's absurd. The double, double toil and trouble scene was incredible. It was fantastic. It was the best I've ever seen that for sure. It was so cool. And when he when he picks up the the face, yeah. When he picks up the crown face, oh come on. Yeah. That was so cool. I loved that. I so much stuff towards the end was fantastic. Like you said that there aren't a lot of fights in this, but the two fight sequences they yeah. do or there's maybe three cuz cuz I guess the death of uh Fl- Banquo is a fight. Oh, Banquo. Mm-hmm. But the the two at the end are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's when young Seward shows up and he's like, I'm gonna kill you, Macbeth. And Macbeth is like, you... I ain't even picking up my sword. <laughs> he's like, You weren't born of a woman, were you? You were born of a woman? I'm good, baby. Foop, foop. My Literally just is... pushes him so hard <laughs> that he just falls back drops his sword and then he takes his sword and he gives it back to him gives it back to him i i couldn't believe it you see this type you see this type of thing in like superhero movies when somebody's so powered or whatever like in the matrix when he's just like he's doing one-handed thing this is shakespeare and all he is powered with is a prophecy that no one of woman born can get <laughs> and he is like yep i'm when he gave him back his sword, I lost it because I was like, I really thought he was about to just. <laughs> the guy was like kind of freaked out and like backing away, <laughs> even though Macbeth does not have a sword in his hand. And then he just flicks blood in his eyes and then grabs the sword and kills him. Like, it was, that damn. was amazing. And a very Denzel moment, too. I was like, I <laughs> love that they got a nice Denzel moment. <laughs> in in this freaking Shakespearean play where Denzel took the blood <laughs> off his cheek off his own che- it was the one it was the one hit he got on him he was like alright cool boom and that ended up being his downfall and then when he okay. walked out with the sword in his hand he looked so cool I was like oh god he looks so cool for everything I didn't like you know those little bits of things that I was like oh I don't like that they made this choice I don't like that they made that choice the entire movie was worth it for that sequence to me. It was so I had never seen something like like I in the in the I saw the Patrick Stewart version on Broadway, and that scene the the way that that ends is uh, Seward comes up and he's like I'm gonna kill you blah 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 and then he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. There's no fight. There's no fight scene. <laughs> he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. You weren't you were a woman born, you know, and and that was. This was just as cool, and it was elongated. I don't know. I loved it. Oh, yeah. We should have said, like, this was actually set in the natural time setting. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. 
it was funny like the them moving the woods with all the branches him opening the door and all the leaves just like fly in <laughs> So there was parts of it that did make me feel like I'm watching a play. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that too. Yeah, there was. I'm trying to think there was one more moment where it felt like they were talking about something happening, but it wasn't happening because of whatever the way they chose to do it in the adaptation. I can't think of it. I'm just bringing it up now in case I I remember it. I'm going to say it. The final fight with Macduff was was also very fun. It was great. Yeah. And that tiny aisle way. (laughs) In that tiny aisleway on, like, yeah, like, the castle, you know, walls, it seems like. And Macduff's like, yeah, I actually wasn't born of woman. I was from my mother's room, unt- untimely ripped. And he's like, well, I'm going to try to fight you anyway. <laughs> Even though the <laughs> woods of Burnham have come to Dunsinane and <laughs> you, you were not of woman born, <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, incredible, loved that the end choice for him to die was him picking up his crown. Come on, of course. <laughs> He's like, oh, let me put of this. Of course. Hold on. Give me that crown. I'll put this back on my head. Voop. One last moment of him doing this nonsense that he shouldn't have been doing in the first goddamn place. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm king. <laughs> I saw that you tweeted like he really, <laughs> Macbeth really did all this to be king for four days. And it is so funny because it's like, <laughs> He really did not enjoy his time as king. Like, not only the fact that it was only four days, he didn't enjoy an ounce of being king ever. (laughs) What I like that this movie did was every now and again, we would cut back to him and for no reason at all, he'd just be sitting on the throne in a new robe. Like, he'd have a a different robe and he was sitting on the throne and it was like, and, and so little time had passed. So it was just him trying to get comfortable and the second he got comfortable some shit would happen like you know like the the second he tried to enjoy the spoils of being king something would happen that would pull him away from it i i i really liked that choice this this ending worked worked for me in a way that like i would have probably oh and i also just didn't like that ross comes in with the head but again this is again them doing the thing with ross i guess of ross being loyal to the story but it doesn't even make like let mcduff come out this man murdered mcduff's whole family <laughs> let mcduff come out with yeah. it, with his head yeah i didn't get it it is what it is i i it will it will it's gonna eat me up all night whatever that moment what, there was like one more moment where they're deliberately talking about something and he's just not doing it it's just and it's so annoying that it's like just make a different choice stylistically or like or don't say that line you know if you're cutting lines i did like his his short monologue about uh, about life being a what is it like a fool yeah life is but a walking shadow it's a tale told by an idiot yeah tale told by an idiot feels down in fury signifying nothing yeah (laughs) oh what a great freaking line Really good. And I loved, I, so, so this is another example of just to big up an, another black actor. So Corey Hawkins has the, he, he, Macduff, his whole, this is taking it back, but Macduff's whole family is killed, right? And, and afterwards he is told of it and it's, you know, crazy to hear that your family is killed. So he keeps asking questions that. Before he's told it, he says, I suspect what is coming or something like that. And but he keeps asking like 
questions that have already been answered. So, so my, so my wife's dead. Yes. I, yeah, no, I told you your wife, your wife's dead. My, 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 my children. Yeah. No, you're everyone's, I told you everyone's dead. Yeah. But my wife, you know, yeah. like he like, he and like cats, all my pretty ones, you know, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. My pretty ones. Oh, it's too much. It's too much that he keeps doing it. So I, so a, I have very much in the back of my mind, a, a memory of an actor doing that part and like screaming all of those lines in a, in a way that's not like, you know, a wall of sound. It's like, it's like someone, their whole world is being ripped from them. And it's, it's like connected to emotion in that way. And so he's obviously not doing that because, because of the movie that we're watching. We're watching a very much more in inner, more contained, more, a, a more simmering, you know, kind of a movie. His delivery on all of those lines, he's like really dropped in. He's really connected. And it's, and it's, it's heart wrenching. And I just feel like he does such a great job, you know, which is why it feels like he's then robbed of walking out with the, with the head, you know, that he chopped off. But there's, you know, I just wanted to big up that scene because it's such a, I feel like he does such a great job with living in that, in that limited amount of expression that he's able to convey. Definitely. Yeah. There was an opportunity for a swirl. And, okay. <laughs> and I know it's not in the script. Okay. <laughs> I know it's not true to the text. All right. I don't. Shakespeare die hard. I, I don't. But <laughs> let's just say Macbeth, black dude, Lady Macbeth, white. And. Okay. I mean, how else are you going to celebrate murdering your cousin? I feel like you gotta <laughs> get it on. I mean, if there was any ever a time. So let me just paint the picture, hit the music. I don't like this. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want there to be any music. Make sure there's no music in the production of this, Melissa. Don't add. <laughs> so Macbeth comes back and he's just done the deed. And Lady Macbeth comes and says, did you do it? Did you kill him? And he's like, yeah, I straight murdered this dude. She said, oh, yeah? What else you want to murder? And he says, what? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> what else you want to murder? He says, girl, <laughs> you know. You know we don't have a, an heir. She said, "Don't, literally don't go there. I actually will kill you if you say one more word. And he says, oh, you're right. My bad, my, my bad. I'm just saying. If first you don't succeed, try, try again. <laughs> and she says, is that a dagger in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? No! <laughs> and he says, oh no, it actually is a dagger. He's, she's like, what? what? It is a what? dagger. Why did you <laughs> go put the daggers back? And he goes, okay, but first let's get it off. <laughs> and she says, No. And so they don't actually have sex in that moment, but it was close. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's my, that's my swirl. Insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I appreciate that, but it is insane. Here's my thing. This is what I feel like needed to happen in this, because this is a, a movie that, you know, and a, and a story and a, and a, and a, and a, and a play that deals with, you know, supernatural and, mm -hmm. you know, the unexplained, right. so, yeah, you know, just... 
And so, yeah, witches and stuff. And so, you know, like one of the, as Macbeth is sort of, he sees the crow, you know, fly into the, you know, he sees the crow Mm -hmm. fly into this castle. And he goes after the crow and he's like flinging at the crow, you know. But then as the crow is flying around, suddenly a hawk flies in. What the heck is that? Hawk. And then the hawk suddenly transforms into Hancock and then Hancock is right there, right? And, and he goes, and then Hancock goes, if it twere done, when it twas done, then it twere well, then it twere done quickly. And he and then he like picks that. up the, 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 the crow and he rips the crow oh in God. half. And he's like, and he's, so <laughs> he's like, yo, he's like, Macbeth, I got you. I, I, I got you. Let's, 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 why don't we completely burn down Dunsinane, burning wood so that it can't even come to Dunsinane. <laughs> and they go over to burning wood and, and he does the thing where he's like, he's drinking. They like, burn down some drinks back with alcohol, That's you know? horrible. Yeah, they burned burned down the whole fort. No, this is about Macbeth becoming king. Oh my God. This is about Macbeth becoming king. Talk about an environmental disaster. He's like, this ain't going to be no tragedy no more. This ain't going to be no tragedy no more. This is going to be the the success of Macbeth. So that's what happens. That's what, that's, that's. All right, that's pretty, that was pretty lame. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's time for the cause. All that work I put in. <laughs> it's time for the cause. We rate review films based on how much we like them. Man, forget this. It's actually right, about man, the cause. Yeah, this is my last, this is my last <laughs> podcast. Everybody listen. <laughs> the cause of leading black actors in Hollywood. If we feel like the film fully helped that cause, we give it up black fist if it somewhat helped the cause we give it a white palm if it didn't help the cause at all we don't give it anything on the count of three raise up our rating for the tragedy of Macbeth. Hmm. okay i give you a one two three i'm giving it a fist boom there it is two black fists I think it would be three. Listen, I have to say, Sean Patrick Thomas is in this. There's a couple of black people in this we haven't talked about. One of them is Sean Patrick Thomas. When my man shows up at Wait. the end as Monteith. What? He's Monteith, bro. That was him? <laughs> my, when he, that was him. When he showed up, I just kept screaming, what? <laughs> I, I can't believe oh. it. And then we also got Moses Ingram. She comes in as... Ross's McDuff, Lady McDuff. Yes, yes, yes. Mc- Lady McDuff. She's great in this. Mm-hmm. And then I have to give a shout out to, I didn't recognize him in the moment, but I was just looking at the the credits as I was like trying to figure out who was in this. And Wayne T. Carr is in this as Lady McDuff's murderer. And I'm just going to shout him out because we, he won't remember me at all, but we, <laughs> we taught together at the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival. Mm. One day, Whoa. like 10 years ago, <laughs> it was like, such a weird, he had done some work there and, and as an actor and, and I guess was also doing some teaching artist work, but we happened to sub on the same day. And it's amazing to see his name in this movie. Okay. Wild, wild. Go Wayne Carr. There you go. 
Yeah, I get, you know, I gave it a fist because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you got Denzel, obviously. But, you know, it's always nice to see, you know, a black person leading a Shakespeare. Because Shakespeare is going to be around and they got to know, hey, you can cast black people in these Shakespearean roles. All right? As the lead. You got to know that. We could be Romeo. You know we that. could be King Lear. You know, we could be freaking... I forgot his name. We could be Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I played Hamlet once. Oh, man. I am, In you, Can you tell it's late here? <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, yeah, here's the late. thing. It's I have seen black people play do. these famous roles in theater, but I need to see it on the screen. Obviously, we have seen it with Othello. On screen. But let's, which we don't have to just be... We, we can be more than just Othello, okay? By the You're way, right. we haven't reviewed right. Othello. We should review Othello. We have okay. We got to do O, baby. I don't think we did O. We didn't do O or Lawrence Fishburne's Othello. Oh snap! Have and I Kenneth even Brano. seen that? Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh directed it. And he's in it too. He's Iago, obviously. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but the, see, here's the thing. The question is, though, is Iago the lead? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Othello's a titular character, so you know. Okay. But yes, of course, gonna... Iago's the freaking man. Yeah, what are we doing? But Othello is the titular character. All I'm so saying that's... is Hancock could have burnt, he burns down Burnham Wood. Okay. All right. And then what after are we doing? he burns down, still... right, I'm just making sure y'all know. Okay. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Black Men Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmenpodcast.com is our website. We got links to merchandise. We have links to one year's worth hey, of Patreon you know episodes. What? No new episodes. That's okay. Got a whole year. People have started tweeting at me, you know. Oh, snap. Uh, we got two tweets so far. <laughs> two out of 200. <laughs> so we got, we got two out of 200 tweets, right, you know. Right, so we right. just need 198 right. more we people are, to tweet at we me. Don't need to... And then we might review Lovecraft right. Country. Right, we don't. Okay. We don't just... <laughs> Goodness. Things are not going. This is the reason we don't do Patreon anymore. All right, here we go. <laughs> two out of 200. This one says, finally, happy hydrate. Oh, this is from happy hydrated and whole. Oh, sorry. I forgot to say, if you rate review us five stars, give us five stars on iTunes. We'll read your review on the air. This one is from happy hydrated and whole. Finally, I love this podcast. I've been listening since episode one and I've been in love ever since. I never write reviews. So I finally took a moment to express my joy and appreciation for this pod. I love your energy, analysis, comedy, and friendship. Oh, this podcast has been so pivotal in getting folks to think about the race problem in Hollywood in meaningful ways while also bringing laughter and smiles. I love that y'all don't shy away from real issues, even while working in this industry. Thank you for bringing such joy to our lives over the last several years. I know it's work, and I want to give y'all flowers now. One more thing, Akron, Ohio, stand up. Shout out to James III. Hey! Just another black kid from Akron. Peace. That's what's up. That's so nice. Thank you all. Uh, Next week, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Gerard said that we the new know. scream. Oh, yeah. Black lead. Is that, is that true? Okay, hold up. Check this out. If 300 people tweet at us, tweet at me, okay, we will review the Black Scream series on our Patreon, okay? So we'll, we'll review the Black Scream series. That's season three of the series. 
It's the black what? screen. What? Oh. 300 wow, people got to tweet that. at me for that, though. <laughs> it's okay. good. I saw, I saw it. I liked it. That's All my right. review. Well, <laughs> I liked it. We will see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonds. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Forever Dog. What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!